Hello and welcome to Isn't It Lovely Podcast, the podcast where we seek to shine the light on all that is lovely. I am Tracy. And I am Rachel. And today we have the dynamic guest with us today, Mr. Adam Weber, and we are so excited for you guys to hear from him. Perhaps one of the most warm and genuine human beings you could ever meet. Adam Weber is the founder and lead pastor of Embrace, a church based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that has multiple sites. He lives in one of the most exciting and vibrant neighborhoods in Sioux Falls with his beautiful wife, Becky, four amazing children in a menagerie of chickens, dogs, and fish. In addition to hosting an incredible podcast called The Conversation, he has authored two fabulous books, Talking with God and Love Has a Name. We are so excited to welcome Adam to the podcast today. Tracy and Rachel, I can't say it enough. My cheeks already hurt from smiling. Yes. I just look up to you, to the both of you and respect the both of you. And I said this before we started recording. Just I just feel like God is using the both of you in so many amazing ways. And, and the influence he's given you and just the ways that you're using it is just awesome. So I cannot believe that I'm on the podcast oh today gosh. with the both of you. Yeah. I'm so Adam. honored. I mean that wholeheartedly. Thank I'm thrilled so to be on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, hon. Okay. I guess we're just going to jump right in. Um Okay, Adam, if you would allow us to speak Christianese for a moment, as a leader, you have many, many flocks. So you have listeners on your podcast, your readers as a two-time author, your church congregation, uh, friends, and of course, your beautiful family that Rachel mentioned. My question for you, with many circles that you attend to, how have you struck a balance between following your God-given gifts, callings, and role, while also balancing your family life? Yeah, that's a, a great question, and it's uh, uh, the answer is I'm a work in progress in that area. <laughs> I, I uh, am very similar to my dad in the sense that I'm a recovering workaholic, oh. and so that is my drug of choice. If I had one, would be that, and specifically when it's connected to uh, the greatest joy in my life, which is Jesus, mm. uh, it makes it really difficult to kind of reel that part of myself in, and and so it's really been a balance. And uh, even in this season right now, just with the book releasing, it kind. I just have my. I look at my schedule and even my schedule of my year. It's really an ebbs and flows sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm in this season of traveling and speaking. And with the virus, it's traveling a little bit less, but doing a lot right. more things over Zoom. So last night, I spoke to a crew at SDSU through Zoom. So and cool. Tonight, I'm going to see a church in Sioux City, and this weekend, I'm preaching at a church in Lexington, Kentucky. And wow. so right now, it's just kind of a season of traveling and speaking. But that is not the norm. Uh, that is that is that should not be the norm for my life because if right. it is, then I'm unhealthy okay. uh, as a person and also as a as a husband. And so it's really kind of a ebbs and flows, and really more and more I'm beginning to see where my limitations are at, mm. and just really like respecting those. Like uh, I think before. I would have never said this, but I, I really felt like I was invincible in the area of my work ethic and really didn't see that I had limits and limitations. And it took times of me crossing that line and uh, not in any kind of legal or moral way, but crossing that line in a way of like, I have no joy or peace in my life. And so really kind of balancing that out. And really uh, for me, there's a couple different things that have been so helpful. First off, Becky is such a gift and Mm -hmm. she does such a great combination of of helping me say no when I need to be home mm-hmm. and not in a nagging sense. And she knows, she knows the purpose behind things. I mean, crusade is where she came to Christ. And so that's a huge importance to her. Yeah. And so it's like, it's kind of that balance of, gosh, I know you're going to speak into the lives of college students. And so, yes, let's say yes this time, but we might need to say no to another very similar group in the right. future. So she's been such a help of really helping me figure that out. And, 
And for me, uh, I think in the past, I would have really thought my biggest accomplishments would be on a stage or writing through a book. But more and more, I'm beginning to see that my greatest accomplishments will be my family at the end of my life looking at me and yeah. saying, my dad, he was far from perfect. He was the first one to say that, but he loved Jesus and he loved us so well. Yeah. And I never, oh, ha- I never had a doubt or question. I just never had a doubt or question where, where my dad was. He was there. Yeah. He showed up. He answered the phone. He, 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 he always made time for me. And so I want to be, I want to be a success at home. And I also want my, my, the people in my life who are close to me to be able to get access to me. Yes. And so that's, that's hard because, uh, you know, more and more it feels like, hey, can I get your number? Can I get your number? Can I get your number? And in the past, right. I said kind of yes, 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 yes. And then yeah. it rang all the time. And then the people closest to me, close friends, I, I was never responded to them, mm. um, in, you know, including family members, my parents. I was never able to get back to them because my phone just constantly rang over right. and over and over. And so I just, you know, oftentimes we can, we can do our best to love people and we end up not loving people. Because we we spread wow. ourselves way too thin, and so it's been a really an ebbs and flows uh, in my in my life. And you know, for the first six years of the church, if you called Embrace's phone number, lifted on the website, my my pocket would start vibrating. Oh my you know? gosh, Adam! And I, I can never. I, and that, you know, if you've done a startup business, you understand that as well. Like you're kind of sure. on call twenty four seven. And I, I'll never forget. I was on my way to Mitchell. I was driving to Mitchell when someone on the team called and said, "Hey." I just want you to know we got the phone number changed. It's no longer your cell phone. And I remember sobbing in my car. Like, I mean, like just full-fledged sobbing because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never thought this day would come. Wow. And so then, you know, it it just kind of figured it out. And I... I, uh, that, that's, that's a weird example to share. I changed my phone number like three times in the next year because I, di- I, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I just I was so used to giving anybody my number and then I would get back in the same patterns again. And so it's really just been a process of figuring out what those things are. And so I, I want to be accessible to, to to Becky and the kids, to my, my family, to my close friends, even Ra- Rachel, you and Chris for like, I want the both of you to be able to have access like, hey, Adam, mm-hmm. how are you doing? And for me to be, hey, I'm doing well. Can I pray for you? And sure. to have that relationship instead of being spread so thin. Yes. But I also, even in the last couple of years, one of the other changes I've really just longed for is I want my neighbors who are are you know, I'm putting this in quotes, in the eyes of the world, are nobodies. Mm. Um, you know, it's a lot of low-income folks, sure. people who have, you know, very blue-collar jobs. I want my neighbors to be able to have access to me um, because yeah. I, I want them to be able to see Adam. Like, Adam, man, he's a great guy. And so uh, kind of back to that success thing, at, at my funeral someday, you know, if there's a few people who say, gosh, I heard Adam preach and I came to know Christ or my, my grandpa came to Christ— through something like that, that'd be amazing, you know. Yeah. But but for me, success would be, it, success would be my my wife, people who have worked with me, and I haven't always done that perfectly. Uh, my neighbor kid, he's an eighth grader named Dwight. Success would be those people getting up and saying, Adam, he changed my life. He told me I was a leader when no one else saw that I was a leader. He he encouraged me to to be the one that sets the tone rather than following the tone of other people. And so that's that's for me. I'm like that's the success I want to yeah. be. But that takes that takes intentionality. And I'm yes. a, I'm a people oh. pleaser, and so I struggle with that balance. Yeah. And yet I'm just like God. I I want to be faithful to you, and I want to love the people closest to me really really well. And so 
that's a, that's a hard thing wow. to figure out. And, and even for me, ministry-wise, at times I've felt like I've needed to be the one that shows up to the hospital room. I need to be the one who makes the phone call. I need to be whatever. Right. And in those moments, uh, that was just another pivotal moment for me realizing I could maybe show up and be there for 10 minutes and then not be able to follow up very, very well and comfort you. I mean, you just lost a loved one. It takes more than a 10-minute phone call. Right. And then I'm kind of whatever and you can't reach me. Or you could have somebody on our team show up for an hour and then call yeah. you again twice that night. Sure. And then the next morning touch base with you. And instead of having a 10-minute me bop in, you're being cared for and walked through. And I'll never forget there was a family, a dear family who, who had a stillborn child. And uh, I didn't go to the hospital because I, I just felt like it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I feel like I need to have somebody who can really care for them well. And I, I said, but if there's any problems, like if they want me to come, I will come. This is not a time to, to mess with anything. Sure. So our care pastor at the time went, visited the family. It went fantastic. He called me and said, hey, they were wonderful. They didn't bring you up, whatever. And then uh, I went to the funeral. I stopped by the funeral, didn't do the funeral. And afterwards, that family came up to me. And I, I really didn't. Again, it's a friend of mine who right. just had a stillborn. And she said, she said to me, I can't remember a time I've ever felt more loved and cared for by a church. Mm. And I was oh. like, oh my gosh, you would have not felt that way if I would have tried to be all things. Right. I would have failed you. It's beautiful. You wouldn't have felt that way. And I think it just for us as leaders, no matter what that leads, if we're the leader of our homes, mm -hmm. if we're the leader of a, a team, I think oftentimes we think we can do everything. We can't do everything. Right. As humans, we can't do everything. And so there's power when we begin to figure that thing out. That's a long answer. Yeah. Sorry about that. Adam, that's an there isn't a dry answer. eye in this room. Oh, <laughs> Our makeup is running. Thank no you. No joke. There are so many nuggets of just wisdom. I want to go uh, back and listen to that, Adam, because yeah. I really appreciate that answer. Uh, Thank yeah, you. It's, well, it's, it's, it's just hard work. It it takes really being intentional. It's a process. Yeah. yeah. And and um, it, it means setting aside even your pride and ego at times of like, I can do this better than everybody else. No, you can't. And early on, Becky would constantly remind me, remind me at the end of the day, um, she, would, she would tell me, you're not Jesus. Yeah. And because uh, when, you, when you love people and you, you love the Lord, you, you want to help as many people as you possibly can. And that's what we're called to do. But we, we are not Jesus. We're not yeah. him. And we get, we get to reflect him and we're ambassadors of him, but we are not him. Right. And so at some point, really figuring out those boundaries is a really important thing. So good. Well, this is a really beautiful segue just to take it a little bit deeper because yes. one of my favorite things about you, Adam, is your ability to connect in a really meaningful way with literally anybody. I would be hard pressed to find one person that didn't feel a connection with you. You are so warm. You're so sincere. You're so genuine. You have that ability to make people feel like they're the only person in the room when you're talking to them, when you're listening. And I'm wondering, have you always had this passion for other people's hearts and stories? Sidebar, like how did you develop this gift? Did anybody model it for you? Because it's such a beautiful trait that you have. Oh, that's, a, that's humbling. And thank you for your kindness. I struggle with that a little bit. I think it's uh, it maybe comes from a bunch of different places in in my soul, um, some good places and some hard places as well. I, I think uh, one of the places it comes from is elementary school, and this is weird to share as a 38 year old growing adult. But uh, <laughs> elementary school, I was not the popular kid. Let's just put it that no. way. And so uh, I, um, I I would have done anything to fit in. And my two older brothers in in the, in the, the town we were in, they were both popular and they were both big and athletic. And then I'm the third guy is the shorty and whatever. You can't 
do much of anything and he's got weird glasses and curly hair and so I I struggled to fit in and um, would have done anything to, to belong and fit in and and uh, in sixth grade, the last day of sixth grade, I was the last thing to pack into the moving van was me. So I walked to my grandma's house. They put me in the van, basically went to another town. And the next day, one of the cutest girls in town called me. And I, I remember thinking, I have never had a girl call me in my life. And I, I thought <laughs> I thought it was a setup. Like I didn't. I, I didn't no, you thought it was a prank. Poor little I, thought, I thought she was pranking me. I'm like, why is the most beautiful girl in town calling me? And so, uh, but from there, it really became it's it's it was a pivotal moment again for me. I became one of the popular kids, and in small town Clark, South Dakota, was one of the popular kids. And yet, that that sense never left me. Of uh, you know, even in high school, I remember thinking if people found out who I really was, mm. they wouldn't be that impressed with me. Mm. You know, and even getting to Augie when I went to Augie in town, I had that same sense. I was well liked and whatever, but I just had this sense: if you really got to know me, I don't think you would love me. And uh, I, I think for me, that's always given me a heart for the outsider. I've just always had a heart for the person who maybe doesn't fit in to a family or fit in at a workplace or just fit in. Like they're just kind of unique in whatever way. I've just always had an eye on them and I want them to fit in. I want them to belong. I want them to know that they're loved. So I think that's part of it. The second thing, you, t- you talked about modeling things. My folks, uh, I mean, they just have so faithfully their entire lives mm. modeled kindness to people. And it looks so different. Uh, my, my, you know, my dad was an electrician, a small, successful business person in, in Millbank, South Dakota. He was on the school board. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And then my mom went to school. She became a principal. And then my dad's health-wise has really deteriorated. And so now he's leading uh, an online group. It's a Bible study for people who have chronic pain. And so he, he's leading, he's leading a, a Bible study for 20-some people across the region who can't leave their homes but want to be encouraged and connect with Jesus. And so I've, I've seen these different, like, you know, him, you know, mingle with the mayor to him mingling with people who are totally unseen and unnoticed, and yet they've, they've never treated anybody better or worse because of who they are. They've just loved them. My mom, I always told her as a principal, her, her Achilles heel was caring for troubled kids too much. You know, she'd go visit them in, in, in juvie, you know, and just kind yeah. of see them there and whatever. And, and I, I just I saw that modeled so so well, and then then for me um, uh, more than anything, and I don't I, I feel like I preach all day, but it's just Jesus and what Jesus has done in my life, and how mm-hmm. He's changed me from the inside out, and and um, just this constant challenge to love people, and I think it's those three things, and and the more you get to to know s- certain people, and you get to hear people's stories, the more you're just drawn to them, like. Two nights ago, there was a, I was in my back alley, so we have some interesting uh, foot traffic in my, my area of town. And there's a guy who oftentimes he sets up with a cardboard sign on Phillips Avenue right down here, I think on 10th or 11th Street. I see him there on a regular basis. Well, I think he spends the nights uh, in random apartments a couple of blocks from my house. And so he walks through my, my back alley, and he, uh, I knew he was trying to get a job a couple of weeks ago at a specific company. And so he had been, been, been applying there. He got to his second interview and then I saw him two nights ago and I said, Hey, uh, how did the interview go? And he said, I I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And he said, uh, and then he began to tell, tell me about Jesus actually, and began to, began to speak about the Lord. Everything he said was so solid. And I said, I'm embarrassed to ask. I said, I feel like I should know it by now. Can I ask your name? And he told me his first name and I said, well, I'm, I'm Adam. 
And I live right here. And he's like, yep, I know you live here. You sit on your front porch a lot. And I said, I do. And I just, even in that moment, I'm like, what's this guy's story? You know, I, how did he end up to this place? Because he's not a person who um, struggles with with addiction, I don't believe. I don't see it. It's not something that I've never seen him intoxicated or under the influence. And so I'm like, gosh, where, where did you get to this place in life? And Oftentimes with someone like himself, it was just a few things that, that put him in that place or a, a few hardships that maybe he didn't recover fast enough. And, and, and so he kind of got to this place. And when you hear somebody's story, it, it's a fascinating. Becky always says the gift, and I take this as the greatest compliment of all time. She says, uh, all the strange rangers are drawn to you. <laughs> I'm like, they are. I'm like, they totally are. I'm like, you say that in the most affectionate way, don't you? She she gives me a look like, no, that's not how I say it. But uh, I I just, I just, there's something fascinating about a person's story. Mm -hmm. And uh, almost the more unique you are, the more drawn I am to you. I'm like, what makes you tick? Yes. Like, what do you do? Why are you this way? Yeah. What, what, and also like, and also like, what wisdom do you have that I don't have? Because mm-hmm. you've got a different perspective than I do. Yes. You've got a different life. Like you've walked through different trials and I know that I have something to, to hear and, and really learn from you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to just hear Becky's words in my mind. Yes. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. And we I love, love it. your wife. Like oh, she is an fabulous. extraordinary human being. Absolutely. We need to have Becky on here. Seriously. Congratulations. Becky, will you join 16 us? 16 years of yes. marriage yes. for it's you guys. Yay. Congratulations. So wonderful. Well, it's so funny. When we started, uh, when we first got married, we, the next day that we got married, we, we drove to Kentucky and I started seminary. And, and, it's uh, a beautiful honeymoon. Yeah, I always say we, we went to all kinds of extravagant cities for our anniversary, for our for our, our, honeymoon. our honeymoon. We went to places like Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> Lafayette. You can yeah, pronounce like, it like yeah, exactly. fancy. Yeah. Is that in Italy? No, Indiana. <laughs> Stick with me, Becky. Yeah, I got you. But I can remember we first got married, and uh, you know you're just figuring out your spouse and who they are. And Becky uh, is a high introvert, and I, you know, like everybody's a friend that I just haven't met yet. And I can remember people would start start like coming over to our, our apartment, on a, like on like like, hey, we're coming over type thing. They would just walk over, and I can just remember back. I'm like, okay, we need to figure out something yeah. between the two of us. <laughs> We're one marriage. Boundaries. There was one guy who had cowboy boots, a unique character, and Beck could hear his cowboy boots. And she's like, I'm going to our bedroom. So I'll, I'll just never forget that. I'm like, oh, gosh, I, I married up. I married oh up. She's gosh. a wonderful woman. I love it. Okay, Adam, your new book, we've been listening to it on audiobook. We just love it so much. I love how you're just interviewing people and just people that have really taught you how to love. Yeah. I just have loved the format of the book. I've even pulled in my daughter and say, listen to this. This kid was six years old and listen to the impact he had yeah. on Mr. Adam. Um. And one of the things that I love most about your book is I just cannot get it, get enough of your honesty, truly. And I hope you take this in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> I, you say things that I've never heard a pastor say before. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, but I resonate with you. And I just, I really appreciate that authenticity. Um, so my question is, in a world where everything feels like it's curated, manufactured, and glossy, how do you maintain that spirit of authenticity in your podcasts, in your book? in your messages, 
How do you do it, Adam? Yeah, well, I, I think again, it's a, a little bit of a balancing act because um, there's certain things that shouldn't be shared, and so absolutely. And even in seminary, uh, I learned from an old school preacher, and he said, "I think he'd be. Uh, he, I believe he's still alive. If he heard my sermons, he'd be like, oh my gosh, this student has <laughs> gone.' Because he he had a really high bar as far as do not share your personal life from from stage, and took oh. a very different approach, even from like my preaching like you oh. really felt like you you are their shepherd you are your that's your role and so stay in that role and and really kind of have a high guard of personal okay. life and it was kind of a good i think it actually was really a great class for me to take because it maybe you like helped me see like okay that's important to not do that and yet uh, a couple of different things um uh, for, first off a, a shepherd lives with his sheep hmm. you know he, he doesn't just uh Zoom call in with his, with his sheep. He actually right. lives out in the field with with the sheep, and so the the sheep know the imperfections of the shepherd, and and I, I think um, and the sheep know the true story about the shepherd as well. They don't know that they don't know just the Instagram version of of their shepherd, and so I yeah. think there's power in that. And then secondly, we have such a great role model in uh, King David as well. I mm. mean, he, he, King David says things that I blush about. Right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if you can say that or yeah. pray that. <laughs> you know, like, David, I got a question. Yes. Like, who ended did you this? really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who edited the Psalms? Because that who clearly, let this go? Yeah, clearly got past. But I think uh, more and more, I, I, I always tell people away from Jesus, I can't relate much to perfect. And uh, uh, even when I when amen. I meet even when I meet someone who's perfect, uh, just the inquisitive person in me, I kind of want to find their 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 yes. hidden, hidden brokenness and their hidden pain, <laughs> not for any reason, but for almost themselves of like, right. hey, it's okay. Like I'm not going to think less of you. I'm actually going to think more of you. Yes. Oh, um, so when well when said. people come and they tell me I'm having an affair or I've stolen money or I've whatever, which happens more uh, more often than a person would ever think. I always tell people specifically that there's humility and really brokenness. I said I always tell people I don't think less of you. I actually think more of you right mm-hmm. now. Beautiful. And um, and uh, know that you're not defined by this. Uh, one of my favorite pastors, Mark Batterson, amazing pastor and author. He uh, said recently to me, he said, uh, "I'd never trust never trust a pastor without a limp." And uh, and uh, again, that. here's this amazing man of God saying, "Never trust a pastor without a limp." And mm. and for me, I just broaden that. Never never trust a leader without a limp. Never trust another person without a limp because we right. all we all have a limp of some kind. And and people can connect to brokenness and pain. And and sometimes I think on stage, even and even in conversations, my hope is to to really like allow people and almost to go first for people. Of saying like, hey, it's okay that you talk about this, and not okay, not just okay. It's actually healthy to talk about this, and um, whether it's a sin issue of like, you need to bring that to light because you got to be suffering trying to carry all that conviction and shame. Um, yeah. Whether it's just a feeling of of feeling inadequate. I mean, talking about elementary school and being picked on is not something you want to share about. But gosh, I'm guessing we've all had those moments right. where we're covered in shame. You know, yes. it's college and we're walking back from a gal's dorm room at eight o'clock in the morning and people start saying stuff about mm-hmm. us like those are moments that they define us and i don't care how successful you become those moments you remember those moments and the looks so you true. were given and the mm-hmm. and the people chatting behind you like you, you remember those moments of feeling like a failure of of just those painful moments and uh, you know even in the church oftentimes it's like oh that's such a bad deal like someone got cancer no that's horrible 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it's so bad you had a miscarriage. Like, God, Jesus, put a Jesus sticker on it. No, that's pain. Mm-hmm. Like, I hurt. It's made me question things that I've never questioned. Like, can I say these things to God? Because I'm sure feeling these things about God. And I, I think when you can help model that for people in an honest way, there's a beautiful thing that happens, and all of a sudden people begin to share their struggle and their brokenness. And yes. uh, a friend of mine always asks, um, he said, have, have you met the perfect person yet? And I said, I haven't. You know, I'll never forget years ago, this is a long time ago, there was a, a couple who came to church, and they, they said, uh, we, we don't think we're going to come back. And I was like, oh, that's totally okay. It was like one of their first times. And she said, uh, this church is just full of perfect people, you know? Oh, wow. it's, uh, there's a couple in front of us, and they had their arms around each other the whole time. And my husband and I, we were arguing, and we're trying to figure out if we can keep married. And then we just can't sit. Like, they're, you know, they had their arms around each other. Like, it just gagged me. Like, all this kind of thing. Oh. And, and, and what I couldn't say in that moment, what I wanted to say is, actually, I promise you that that couple is actually at the same place with you. And how do I promise you? Because that couple met with me this last week and said their marriage is struggling and they're trying to figure out if they're going to keep going. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, that's, it's not a perfect couple. They're, they're like choosing to love each other when they, when they don't want to love each other. I right. mean, it's like, it's the opposite of what you think yeah. is what's happening. They're, they're like choosing to put their arms around a person that they don't feel like putting their arms around right. because they're trying. They're, they're choosing that day to fight for their marriage. And so mm-hmm. you just have those moments. It's so easy to think that everybody's got the perfect life. I mean, our Instagram version of self is so skewed and broken. And I actually think the more perfect our lives look, the more broken we are. You know, it's yeah. like, what are we trying to hide? Right. And uh, that, that's me. I mean, that's, that's, that's me. Uh, another uh, like uh, kind of embarrassing the thing to share. One of the, one of the areas that I try to like, pretty up my life is the cleanliness of my house. Uh, I, I shared this a while. I shared this a while back. It's so crazy. And, and so I'm still in, uh, before I moved to the new town, I'm still this nerd. And the year before I did, a girl in my class came to my house with her mom and I was in the laundry room, which was kind of right off the side of the house, which is the worst house design ever. You should have the laundry room in a hidden dungeon somewhere. Right. But she came in, and in the most innocent way, I don't think she meant anything by it, she looked at me. Again, I was doing laundry. I didn't realize she was stopping by. She looked in. This is in fifth grade. She looked at me, and she saw the laundry, and she said, what a mess. That's all she said. You know what I mean? And at that time, I again, I was trying to do everything to fit in. Right. And here in this, like, in my house, unexpectedly, a girl in my class that I thought was really cute, what a mess. From that moment on, it was so weird. I, I preached, I shared about it a year ago, and my mom heard it, and my mom called because it was always something. I mean, if you come to my house, I will do everything to keep you on the front porch until I have a chance to make sure it's okay and then come out. Oh, my God. That's the, most, hon- that's the most honest thing I can possibly wow. say because I don't want you to see and even think for a moment what a mess. You know, right. it's so weird how those things define us, oh, but we all yes. have those things. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. and my mom called and she said, she said this, she was emotional about it. Oh. She's like, I've always wondered where that came from. Cause I've seen that in you. I mean, my kids know it about me. If you ask yeah. my kids, they would start laughing about it right now. And uh, yeah, we all have those holy broken moments. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden you begin to let it, because that's so foolish, right? Like, what? You're 38 years old. You have a book. Like, like you have a book. 
your master's degree. Like, you were a two-time All-Stater in choir. You right. know, like, Take that fifth like, grade, girl. You know what I mean? But, like, it's like, no, but we all have those moments and places where it's just like, I can't explain this, and I'm really embarrassed about it. For some of us, it's our bodies. We'll do anything to like, no, nah, I can't, I, that, nah, it's that, or it's, our, or it's our finances, or it's our career, or it's our failure that nobody knows about it. So we'll try to doll up that area and like overcompensate for it. And so we all have those places. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much. That was a tremendous answer. Tremendous answer. Oh, gosh. I agree. Edit, all, edit, edit out all the embarrassing parts. No. That was incredible. Keeping it. Editing nothing. No. <laughs> That may be my laughing. Oh. Get it out of here. <laughs> More of it. More no. of it. No, and I love that so much. And I feel like that just your one another one of your superpowers, Adam too, is, is your empathy. And I actually had a follow-up question about that, but I think you answered that just really beautifully. That you meet people with so much love and acceptance that you're not gonna look down on them, but you're gonna just sit down there right next to them. Yes. Wherever they're at. And I feel like that's a really beautiful challenge to us to our listeners absolutely to just like you said sit down there with people wherever they're at have that love and acceptance yeah have that empathy for them absolutely so beautiful yes. i feel stunned overjoyed and grateful right now <laughs> <laughs> those are the three words that come to mind tracy as we wrap up stunned. how about you yes same i'm gonna i'm gonna steal those words um one thing adam that we want to do in every episode is just to kind of change the topic a little bit but just ask you if there's anything right now that you are loving it could be anything a product, a store. Oh my gosh. A last something. week we talked about Instagram and coffee. <laughs> so don't worry yeah, about it. It doesn't going have to be earth shattering. Or timely. Yes. Okay, Adam, what are you loving this week? So this might be the strangest answer ever, but uh I've been in the process of restoring a house for the last Ooh, year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, there's a house that was behind mine that I've been restoring. Becky and I have been just top to bottom. It was an absolute dump that we got. And it has been one of the greatest sources of joy. Oh, I love that. And we're at the very end, so it's just kind of the fine details of it. And so we got, we just found out like a soap company locally. It's actually one of my favorite soaps. It's made out of Beersford, South Dakota. Okay. And so I reached out to them and said, hey, we, we just really want to spoil guests when they come. Yes. And so what is, do you have like a hotel size? And she said, we don't, but we do now. And I'm like, no way. And she's like, what? absolutely. And so it's just been so fun to pick out different different elements for the house just trying to think through simple things whether it's a there's a local coffee shop who's going to provide coffee so when a guest comes they'll get a bar of soap they'll get coffee and we're just really trying to make it a place where people feel feel loved the house is such a simple house it's not this mansion that's crazy over the top but as we've we've been restoring it my one prayer has just been god would every person who comes through here feel restored and renewed? Oh, and so gosh. we don't want it just to be a place. We try to finish it off nicer than our own house. Like, yeah, actually, the sheets and the mattress are all nicer than my own one in my master bedroom because we really want it to be a place and, and really just a thoughtful place where you come in and you feel loved, even down to the soap, which sounds yes. so crazy. No, it's beautiful. It's just something it. so simple of like, so gosh, thoughtful. like, this is really, this is like, really thought out is what we want. So yes. that sounds so crazy. No, I would love I, I, it. I've just been thinking through, and Becky and I both have just been thinking through the fine details of from the very moment they come in, how can we make sure they feel loved? Even if we're not there, that did, like this is very intentional. 
that they are staying here. And, and even if they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Jesus, I'm, I just keep praying that they would see Jesus all over the place in that house. And, oh. and so that's, that's, that's kind of a random thing to share, but that's I actually been that. the greatest joy. Amazing. I have the soap in my I car. I wish it were mine. I, I have the soap <laughs> in my car, and I'm like, it smells so good. Can we see it later? Yeah, we it's, it smells so good. Oh it's the that's the weirdest answer. I love you've that answer. That, that is that awesome. Is the best yes. answer. I want to know more about the soap. <laughs> me too. Yeah, smell it. Okay, Rachel, are you ready, or do you want me to go? Okay. Um, I love coffee. I'm sitting here drinking it. I've been chugging it this whole time, and it's really starting to hit my veins because we got the good <laughs> coffee today, and it's I'm the like, good stuff. yes, I feel there alive. I feel ready to rock. But I actually don't like drinking coffee just from the cup. So I have these silicone straws that I bought on Amazon, and I drink all my coffee out of silicone straws. I can't remember the name of them, but I am obsessed. <laughs> I love straws. Rachel knows. I love straws. In fact, this is so weird to see me just drinking from a cup. So my daughter the other day, she was like, she's my eldest, and she likes to mock me in a funny way, not disrespectful. <laughs> but she was like, who am I? And she had a coffee cup and a silicone straw. And I was like, hmm. Somebody cool. <laughs> <laughs> a trendsetter. <laughs> so coffee straws, guys. All the rage. Save your teeth. Hey, Rachel, what are you loving this week? Tracy, I am here for the second week in a row with the groundbreaking, a groundbreaking item, which is coffee, which this is not a sponsored podcast, by the way. But if anybody is interested, please submit your requests to me and Tracy. But I just want to give a shout out to Cafea, Cafea Roastery. We love you so much. You have empowered us through so many things over the last, yes. how many years have they been around? Has it been a decade for Cafea? Yeah, I think it'd probably be about 10 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. Good. they have like the perfect amount of caffeine. Their staff yes. is amazing. Their product yes. is fantastic. And I always always say the caffeine hits our veins at the perfect yeah. time and powers us through the rest of the day. So I just want to say a humongous thank you to Cafea yes. this morning. So I am loving you, Cafea. Thank you. Amen and amen. This is good stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> good stuff. So Adam, for people who want to get to know you more and love you as we do, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can kind of find me on all the socials. I'm most active on Instagram if you want to follow me there, Adam A. Weber. I uh, love to hear any questions you have. Otherwise, you can find out more about me at adamweber.com. It always feels weird to share these things, but again, I would be honored and thrilled to connect with anybody who reaches out. Amazing. And just a final plug for your amazing new book, Love Has a Name. It is spectacular. Yes, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Target, our mothership. Yes, and we highly recommend the audiobook. It's really fun. It's so much fun. The whole time. Yes. Oh, it's the best. You get to hear his voice. It's a delight. My kids actually love listening to it, too, because my kids love Adam. So thank you so much. How can we thank you for joining us today? This has been amazing. Oh, I've loved every second of it. My (laughs) face, at one point, I was holding my cheeks in because my face was hurting so much. I'm like, I'm just going to stand over here with my hands, like, pushed against my face. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Adam. Thank the both of you. And and just thank you for allowing God to use you in the ways that he is. It's just an absolute delight. It's impossible to miss the Jesus and Inside the both of you. I mean, oh, thank you, thank you so, so much. much. And thank you for joining us today yes. for Isn't It Lovely? We're so excited to see you guys. Bye.